However, he wants them to know today that just because they've blown it before doesn't mean they can't be saved today. Let me tell you the same thing. Just because you've blown it before, just because you've missed opportunities before, doesn't mean that you can't be saved today. If you're still breathing, everybody breathe. Oh yeah, if you're still breathing, then God's still working in you. Amen? No matter what you've gone through, no matter what your life experiences have been, God wants to use you and God wants to use your life experiences for His glory. Now, Romans chapter 10 is all about what God has done, but also what God is still doing in the lives of people to bring them to Himself. In this chapter 10, and we're going to read the whole chapter today, but we're going to do it in little bite-sized chunks, amen? But this whole chapter, in it, we find a crystal clear picture of God's plan of salvation that centers on the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul begins chapter 10 by telling us that Jesus the Savior has been revealed. On page 1006 in the Bibles in front of you, in Romans chapter 10, in verse 1, we're going to understand why Jesus the Savior was revealed. And it was primarily because of the condition of his people. It was primarily because of the condition of Israel. Let's read verse 1 in Romans chapter 10. Paul says, Brethren, remember he's writing to church people here. He's writing to you, amen? He says, brothers, sisters, young people, children, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Friends, there are all kinds of people in your little sphere of influence that are unsaved. And I pray that you'll get a heart just like Paul did for a person who is lost in sin. Paul's greatest longing, his constant prayer, was to see people saved. To see people come to Jesus and to see God use their life and their life experiences for His glory. Oh, that God's people today would get this kind of burden for lost people. Oh, that God's people today would really see the hell they face. Oh, that God's people today would recognize the terrible predicament that lost people are in. Let us learn then, like Paul, to love lost people. To love the lost people and to reach out to them with the good news that Jesus saves. Amen? Amen? Jesus saves. Now how can you get a heart for lost people? Well, several weeks ago, we introduced the 3151 challenge, and my lovely assistant is going to help me out today as I explain what this 3151 challenge is. Now if you haven't gotten one of these cards, just raise your hand. This is for everybody. This is for everybody that's between you and God. So raise your hand if you haven't got one of these cards. All right? 
Let me explain while Janet's handing these out to people that have not received them. This is for everybody, okay? The 3151 challenge is simply this. We are covenant with God to pray for three lost people. Does anybody know three lost people? Raise your hand if you know three lost people. Hey, come on now. Everybody knows three lost people. We're going to write down the names of three lost people that you know. All right? After you do that, the one is we are then going to covenant with God that we are going to learn one way, one of the many ways to share the gospel good news. It's so simple. It can be so conversational. It's so relational. We're going to make it really easy for you, okay? But you're going to covenant with God. This is not between me and you. This is not between you and your pastor, you and your church. It's between you and God. Nobody will see this but you and God. So three lost people, you're going to learn one gospel presentation, but the five is you're going to write down the names of five people that you want to invite to church. Five people, perhaps, that you want to invite to the BYG youth group. Five people you want to invite to your life group, whatever the case may be. Write down five names. And finally, the one is you're going to covenant with God that one time in the next 12 months, you're going to share one of the simple ways to, to share the good news with one person. Just one lost person. Now here are the results of that. If everybody takes part in this challenge, 300 lost people are going to be prayed for regularly. 100 people are going to learn a simple gospel presentation. 500 people are going to be invited to church or a life group. And finally, 100 people are going to hear the gospel good news that Jesus the Savior is available to them. So you want to get a heart for lost people? Boom! Why not start right here? Why not start right here with the 3151 challenge? Now, what was the problem with Israel? What is the problem with lost people? Well, I believe simply that they're confused. They're confused. Let's look in chapter 10, verse 2. Paul says, For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. Hey, they're kind of on fire for God. But not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, having not submitted to the righteousness of God. You see, the true, perfect righteousness of God can never be duplicated by the works of sinful and corrupt human beings. Did you hear that? There's nothing you or I could do that could duplicate the perfect incredible righteousness of the Lord God Almighty. These Jews and many lost people today, they miss the truth that God is only pleased when we place our faith in Jesus. God is only pleased with us when we place our faith in His one and only Son who died on the cross for us. That's the only way that God receives a blessing from us. Sadly, there are a lot of people in your life that are in the same place today. Oh, they're trying to be good. 
They're trying to be good. They're trying to earn them a spot in heaven by being good. They hope that God will weigh the good and the bad, and there'll be a whole lot more good than bad. These folks are hoping that when life is over, they'll get more check marks over here than X's over here. But here's what they need to do. They need to understand their own sin condition and they need to clear up their confusion and know that salvation is not about what we do. It's all about what Jesus did on a cross like that. They desperately need to understand Paul's conclusion that we find in verse 4. Check it out. For Christ is the end. He could have almost stopped there. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. We could never, ever perfectly keep the law of God. We could never be absolutely righteous before God. But Jesus did what the law couldn't do. He makes those who believe in him righteous. Y'all get that? Because that's the good news today. Jesus makes those who believe in him righteous before God. You don't look like you believe me, so I'm going to ask you to go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 verse 5. The Bible says, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, that's who me and you were, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Faith equals righteousness. Faith in Jesus equals righteousness toward God. And you get it if you place your faith in Christ. Now, is that to say we don't have to live right? No. That is not to say that we are not supposed to live right. In fact, one big complaint from other denominations about Baptists is that we have very low standards. We believe that we're saved apart from any effort of our own. We believe that when we're saved, we're saved eternally. And that's true. But often, as a result... We live undisciplined lives. Often as a result, we live lives that are kind of loose. And guess what? People see that. People see it. And they say, hey, I'm already like him. I'm already like her. Why do I have to go to church? Right? Why do I have to get saved if I'm already like they are? We know that we're only saved by the grace of God. But listen, when we're saved by the grace of God, we're saved to serve the Lord. We're not saved to serve the flesh. You're not saved to serve self. You're not saved to serve the world. You're not saved to serve Satan. You're saved to serve God. And that means with every part of your life. When you're truly born again, through faith in Jesus the Savior, we're free from the law, but listen, you're not free to follow sin. You're not free to follow sin. And so Jesus the Savior is revealed. And when he does, he makes a difference in the life you live. Now we're going to see and how Jesus the Savior is received. How in the world do we get us some Jesus? 
Amen. You want you some Jesus this morning? Amen. How do we get us some Jesus this morning? In verses 5 through 10, Paul teaches about the true path to salvation. He shows us what won't work. But then he goes to show us what will work to, to save a man's soul. He begins by saying, salvation is not found in keeping the statutes. Look at verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is from the law. The man that does those things shall live by them. What Paul is saying there is, is that, listen here, righteousness is possible through the law. Only if you keep the whole thing. You can be made righteous before God by obeying the law if you can obey the whole thing. But there ain't been one human being alone that can obey the entire law of God. Because if you break even the smallest part, guess what? You broke the whole thing. You break one little bitty part of the law, you're guilty of the whole thing. And even if we could keep the law, we got to remember that man's not a sinner because he sins. Man sins because he's a sinner. Men and women are born into sin. And we only prove the reality that we're sinners by the way we live. We, we prove the reality of our sinful nature by the things we do and the things we say. So salvation is not found in keeping the statutes. But he goes on to say salvation is not found in great signs. This is kind of confusing, so listen carefully. Look there in verse 6. But the righteousness of faith speaks this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend to heaven? That is, bring Christ down from above. Or, who will descend down to the abyss? That is, bring Christ up from the dead. Now, those con confusing verses there simply mean this. You ain't got to look for signs from heaven, and you ain't got to look for signs from the happenings on earth in order to be saved. We're not required to go on some crazy scavenger hunt to try to find us some Jesus. He's already come. He's already taken care of everything that we need in order to be saved. So salvation is not found in keeping the statutes, and it's not found in, in, in miraculous or mystical signs. Listen to what salvation is found in. Salvation is found in simple surrender. Look in verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved, praise God. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Paul tells us that the entrance into the kingdom of heaven is as close as your own mouth and your own heart. Everybody's got one, amen? We all got one. So eternity depends on us coming to Jesus God's way. You got to use your mouth God's way and use your heart God's way. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. What does confess mean? Confess simply means to agree with. To agree with. God wants the lost sinner to come to the place where he is in absolute agreement with everything the Bible says about the person and work of his son, Jesus Christ. 
absolute agreement. Can you agree with all that? The Bible's clear now. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born of a virgin. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. He died for sinners on the cross. He was resurrected from death. He ascended bodily to heaven. He is now interceding for us at the Father's right hand and will one day visibly return to receive his own into glory. Praise God. Can you agree with all that? Well, there's more. Because Paul also said, you must believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. The idea here is, is that we must be able to trust exclusively in what God did through Christ on the cross and at the tomb. That he died on the cross and he was raised again from the tomb, from the grave. It's Jesus and Jesus only. It's all about Jesus. Say it's all about Jesus. It's Jesus and Jesus alone that must become the object of our faith. Now, if you're able to trust all that, if you're able to trust God's path to salvation, listen, there's a whole lot of promises that are coming your way. Here are some promises of salvation. Because when we come to faith the right way, that's God's way, we're given precious promises by the Creator Himself. Notice what they are. He says, first of all, you'll be assured. Look in verse 11. For the Scripture says, whoever believes on Him, Jesus, will not be put to shame. That is, if you trust Jesus according to God's plan, you will never be disappointed. Amen? You'll never be disappointed. You'll never hear God tell you, sorry guys, I ain't got time for you today. Sorry, there ain't no room in heaven for you today. Sorry, I can't save you today. You'll never hear that. You can be absolutely assured. But you'll also be absolutely accepted. Look in verse 12. For there is no distinction between the Jew or Greek. For the same is Lord over all, is rich over all who call upon him. Listen, God don't play favorites, y'all. Amen? I ain't no different from you. You ain't no different from me. God don't play favorites. And if you come to the Lord on his terms, the problem is not only will you be saved, you'll be accepted into heaven. I don't know about you. That's good news. So... If I'll come to God his way, if I'll follow the true path to salvation, not only will I be assured, not only will I be accepted, the Bible says I'll also receive amnesty. Amnesty is what? Pardon. Forgiveness. I need forgiveness. Amen? amen. Say amen. 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 Not that much, but a little bit. Amen? Verse 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise God. I'll receive pardon. Amnesty. Forgiveness. Now, to call upon the name of the Lord means you got to call His way. You just can't say, God, Jesus. You call upon His name His way. Not on your terms, but on His terms. See, those who come call on the Lord, confessing His Lordship, believing in what God has done through the resurrection of Christ. And when that happens, He says, You shall be saved in His finale. It's over with. You shall be saved. What saved mean? What does saved mean? Saved means 
rescued from harm, rescued from danger. When I talk to the children about being rescued, about being saved, I take that big old orange uh, life preserver and I make them catch it. I throw it at them. And I say, what happens when you hold on to this life preserver? It means I don't drown. And then I go on to explain to them, how do you hold on to Jesus then? I can't see him. And we hold on to Jesus by faith. Amen? And we need to learn how to do that. So, saved means rescued from harm, rescued from drowning, rescued from danger. And when we come to Jesus the Savior on his terms, we are rescued from the penalty of sin. And we are granted this wonderful, eternal, divine pardon from God. Wow. How in the world does all that happen? How does all that occur? Can I just tell you, it's all God. <laughs> it didn't have nothing to do with me. It's just all God. It's all God's provision. Look in verse 14. How then? I love it when Paul asks questions. How then shall they all call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Those who bring glad tidings of good things. How did all this happen? It was all the incredible miraculous work of God. It ends up with a sinner calling upon the name of the Lord and being saved. But listen, it began with God raising up a person just like you. It began with God raising up a person like you that would take the good news to somebody that don't have Jesus. It began with God raising up a man or a woman or a young person like you to take the good news of Christ Jesus to somebody who is doomed. It began with you going through what you had to go through. It began when you came to Christ and now you use all those life experiences and all that wonderful Jesus you got and you use it for the benefit of somebody else. You're the preacher. You're the one who shares now. You're the one who's called. You're the one who has been placed in this ministry arena. But sadly, even when Jesus the Savior was revealed. And the way to receive him was described. Still, Jesus the Savior is rejected. Even Israel rejected their Savior. Israel rejected their own Messiah. People today reject their own Savior. Look what it says in verse 16. But have they not all obeyed the gospel? For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Did y'all hear that? Faith, saving faith, comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. See how important it is for you to know this book? Let me keep going. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out over all the earth and their words to the end of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Isaiah was very bold. And he says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. People reject the Savior today and it blows my mind. It confuses me why Israel rejected their Messiah, but it confuses me why people reject their Savior even today. Israel had the prophets. They had the law of God. They had heard the report that the Messiah was coming. The Savior lived in their midst. They had seen countless Gentiles call upon the Lord and be gloriously saved. In fact, Gentiles were pouring into the kingdom of heaven while Jews steadfastly refused to believe. Well, this is kind of confusing. But in our day, people come in and out of the church all the time. And when they come here, they hear God's word and they hear the gospel preached. They hear the truth. They understand the truth. Yet they refuse to come to Jesus. Why? Just like the Jews in Jesus' time. Like Jesus said in Matthew 13. He said, because seeing, they do not see. And hearing, they do not hear, neither do they understand. It's like they're here in body, but they're not here in soul. They're here in mind, but their mind's a million miles away. But not only does this confuse me, but this rejection continues. God's chosen people continue to reject Jesus even today. When a person's life is going down the toilet, they still continue to reject the Savior that can help them through that. Even though Israel has and continues to reject Jesus the Savior, do you know what God does? He don't do like Brother Bill would do and let him just go. God reaches out to him. He continues to reach out to him, praying, hoping, wanting them to come back to him. In this 3151 challenge, we're praying that just three people who we know or suspect are lost with the ultimate goal of ultimately sharing the good news of Jesus the Savior and that just one of them might come to Christ in the next 12 months. We're praying for them. Reaching out to them. You know what? They may reject us. They may say, no, Bill, I don't want me none of that. They may do like my brother did for so many years. No, I ain't going to be a hypocrite. Well, guess what? Church is full of them. Amen? The one talking to you probably is one. Because I struggle with sin just like the rest of us. They may reject us, but just as God keeps reaching out to us, just as God kept reaching out to Israel, we are going to persistently reach out. We ain't stopping. 
We're going to consistently reach out to the lost, those that are in our sphere of influence who are doomed to hell if you don't speak up. We're going to keep praying for them. They can't stop us from praying, can they? We're going to keep loving on them. They can't stop us from loving on them, can they? We're going to keep on sharing with them. Amen. They can't stop us from sharing. We're going to keep on being Jesus with them right there in front of them. We're going to be Jesus. Why? Because Jesus, God's only got one way. There's only one way that men, women, young people, and children are saved from the penalty of sin. And listen, if you've got any desire, if you've got any desire to help others miss hell, if you've got any desire for others to go to heaven when they die, then we have got to show them how. How to come to God on his terms. Now there's one great way to do that. And I promised you last week that I was going to be sharing with you several ways where you might learn how to share the good news. Every one of you in your bulletin received one of these little pink cards. Pull that up and just wave it up to me so I know you got one. That's what I'm talking about. Excellent. This is called the Romans Road. And I just want you to let your imagination go a little bit crazy right now, okay? Imagine I'm coming into a restaurant and I see an old friend sitting at the table. He waves to me and says, hey, Bill, how you doing? He says, won't you join me? I said, yeah, man, <laughs> you're eating, ain't you? <laughs> right? So I come down and I sit at that table. I'm ready to eat. And we start talking about the struggles of our lives. We start talking about how this path of life can be so doggone difficult. Me recognizing that he doesn't know the Lord. I said, man, have you ever heard about the easier path? Have you ever heard about the easier road? You see, in the Bible, the Bible teaches us that there's a road where we can be saved and we can be helped along this path of life that's given me and you a fit today. Right? And what the Bible tells us here is that every one of us are experiencing the same problems. We're all sinners. Every one of us are sinners, not only by nature, but we choose to be sinners. For some reason, we like to do the wrong thing. The Bible even says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news, my friend, is that you don't have to stay that way. While the, while the penalty for sin is clear, the gift of God is clear as well. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus my Lord. Man, I'm glad to know that I've got a gift of God that's available to me to help me down this old rugged path of life. Man, you got, you got hope. You got help. And you know what I'm really assured by, my friend? What I'm really assured by is that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what difficulties this life throws at me. I was created by a God who loves me. And my God didn't just tell me that he loved me. He demonstrated that he loved me. The Bible even says that God demonstrates his love toward us. And that while I was still an old wretched sinner. Going down a crusty old path of life. Christ died for me. You know there's hope. 
There's hope for you, my friend. All you have to do is trust and surrender to Jesus as Lord. You want that burden to be lifted off of you? You want the path to be a little bit easier for you? Can I encourage you today to trust and surrender to Jesus as Lord? See, the Bible tells us that if we'll just confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be saved from such tragic difficulties going down the path of life. Why? Because with the heart, we believe in righteousness. And with the mouth, we confess and we're saved. Friends, is this something you would like to consider today? Do you need help with your path today? After a couple more spoonfuls of banana pudding, amen, I'll say, brother, would you like to just pray right now? Can I pray with you? Now, the Bible doesn't speak anything about a sinner's prayer. But when we talk about the sinner's prayer, you know what we're talking about? We're talking about a verbal confession. So if you could lead your friend to say a prayer similar to this, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve the penalty of sin and nothing more. I believe that Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died for me. I believe that you raised him from the grave to know that you conquered death. I want to turn from my sin. I want the better path of life. I want to know that I'm forgiven and that I have everlasting life. And I know your word tells me that if I believe, I'll have those things I need. In Jesus' name, amen. And after that last scrape in the bottom of the bowl, a banana pudding, I say, man, I just want you to know that today you're assured that you're saved because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That took about three minutes, didn't it? Three minutes and a bowl of banana pudding. Hallelujah. It's just that easy. If an old hardhead like me can use a simple method like that, surely somebody as bright and intelligent as y'all can use it too. So many other ways that you're going to learn in the next couple of weeks about how to conversationally over banana pudding or a big fat steak share with somebody about the life-saving gift Jesus off God offers us through his son Jesus. Now, I like sharing how to share the good news. Not only to teach those who are already believers, but also, like me, a lot of people say, you know what? I knew I believed, and I knew Jesus died on the cross, but I didn't never know how to articulate it. And now that I can articulate it, now that I can speak it into words, guess what? I believe, and I'm ready to commit my life to the Lord. There is no greater work of the Christian than to do what we just did. Eat banana pudding and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Not necessarily in that order. So, friend, today, if you've heard that, straight from the Word of God, you can say, you know what, Bill? I'm ready. I'm ready to commit my life to God's service. During this song, I want you to just step out, step forward by faith, and we'll just pray. If you're doing it for the first time, 
we're going to pray sure enough. Amen. So whatever God's got on your heart, whatever burden you've been carrying that you ain't got no business carrying, I want to encourage you, just bring it before the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being such an incredible God. An incredible God that not only created us and gave us life on this planet, but saw our greatest need, a cure for the sin cancer every human being has. Lord, I pray in the name